You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome, one and all, to Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we get started, and we have a lot to get to, that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As mentioned, this is Monday Football Monday on the SB Nation NFL Show. So, shocker alert. It is Monday. We are going to talk about the NFL. It is what a lot of people refer to as Black Monday. We're going to see a lot of movement today across the NFL. So make sure you check out your favorite SB Nation team blog for the latest and greatest when it comes to your team. We have a lot of news to get to. We have a playoff field set. We have tons of games to react to. On and on and on and on. I say we. We are the fantastic Rachelle. She is the 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 master, the grandmaster here running the ones and twos. Uh, as always, behind the glass here on Monday Football Monday. My name is Arjo Cha, and with me is always the one and only, the debonair, smooth like Fred Astaire, Pete Sweeney. Pete, welcome to Monday Football Monday, my man. You are looking fresh. You are looking like you did not have an NFL game to work on Sunday. No, I, I didn't. I was able to sit back and relax. The Chiefs wrapped it up on Saturday. I am... I am talking to you and a little bit fearful right now and not to talk about Arrowhead Pride too much at the beginning here, but I I told the Arrowhead Pride audience if they got to 1000 Apple reviews before 2023 began, I would eat an entire ice cream cake and then drink an energy drink as we were doing one of the first podcasts of 2022. So that is happening 2023, 2023 later this afternoon. So I, is I'm, that why you you look kind of comfy? I know the podcast. Yeah. Expensive. You have like a sweater on. You, you yeah. Know, you normally kind of come in like mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes you got the biz biz cash look going, but you look. I'll tell you. With this entire ice cream cake, I need to eat. We call it the editor show for Arrowhead Pride on the, the pot that podcast network today. I I'm I'm needing extra room to to kind mm-hmm. of have for for <laughs> where all this ice cream is gonna go. So wow, should be fun. Joey Tribbiani with his Thanksgiving Day pants. Uh, you mentioned you did not want to uh, to mention Arrowhead Pride. The Kansas City Chiefs did secure uh, the number one seed in the AFC on Saturday. We had two games on Saturday. Later that night, the Jacksonville Jaguars wrapped up the AFC South. Um, we can we can say the Chiefs wrapped up the one seed in, in some controversial fashion. Obviously not the Chiefs' fault, not anybody's fault. Um, Pete, the last time we did a show was last Monday morning, uh, just a few hours before Monday Night Football. Um, when the DeMar Hamlin situation unfolded as tragic and scary and frightening as it was uh, just a really long week for the NFL uh, really uplifting, obviously to, to see him um, not out and about, but, but progressing, um, you know, certainly on the right track, hopefully uh, towards full and total health. And Sunday was a really emotional game, a really emotional, just kind of 
afternoon and day for the Buffalo Bills at Orchard Park. So we thought, who else to bring in other than the king, the crown prince of Bills Mafia? Yes, the king and the prince, the one and only Jay Spence, the king from Buff Rumblings here, Buffalo Rumblings specifically at SB Nation. Jay Spence, uh, we were talking before the show started how uh, it, it kind of makes sense to have a, an NFC and AFC team. I've told you mm-hmm. before, the Buffalo Bills are my AFC squad. And you know what? I appreciate it. I, I'm still kind of weirded out about weirded out about it. You're a Cowboys fan, and like, you know, it, it doesn't sit well. But I appreciate the support. <laughs> I think for me, like, there's something to um, your, you know, your NFC team is like geographically relevant to you. But right. for me, um, it's a team that my team has had a lot of success against, right? So like, there is like no threat. To rooting for the wow. Bills, you know what I'm saying? Like mm. it, it, it just kind of a backhanded compliment. Mm. Well, no, I mean, I'm here. just let's. We can all be frank. We can all be straight up. That's I'm. I'm not. I'm not here to BS Jay Spence. I respect Jay Spence <laughs> way too much to do that. Um, Jay sure. Spence. Um, everybody saw the kickoff return. It just. I mean, it was just this wonderful yeah. moment of sports and life kind of merging together as one, and then happening again later on in the day. It was just a truly magical day. Magical is not the right word, but an emotional day at the very least for the Bills on Sunday. It was unreal. Um, it's, it's just like you couldn't write a better script for a movie, you know. And um, obviously, I think Josh and and Coach McDermott both kind of they spoke about it after the game, where it was just like, you know, if you don't believe in God, you know, it, that proved to them that there's a God. It's just like how does something like this unfold in a week that was so emotional, uh, so scary, and then you know to even see Demar. Uh, tweeting out and posting during the game and posting a picture live from the hospital showing that he was watching and he had on his all his gear and all his stuff and you know it's just it's a magical moment for the city it's been a rough year um I know, I know now we're in, in 23 but the year of 2022 in this season has been a rough season for the western new york community you can go back to may uh, to the shooting at the grocery store. And then the blizzard uh, that we just had, we lost 44 people's lives in Western New York due to a blizzard. Um, there's a fire. And so it's just so many things that's been happening in Western New York. So um, the the way everything unfolded with with the Naheem Hines too, and, and then just everything, the number three is like, you know, I'm not one to believe in a bunch of that stuff. You know, I don't I don't normally get choked up on those type of things, but it's like, you know, all week we've been seeing three everywhere. And the NFL has been, you know, uh, focusing in on a number three. Now, you know, it was three years and three months since the last kickoff return in Buffalo. Like, you know, three years, three months. Josh threw three touchdowns. The defense got three interceptions. And, like, they made a point to speak about that after the game. But it's just like you look at those things and it's it's just it's a surreal feeling. You mentioned that it's been like a movie and I think you nailed it. And I I've noticed something in the course of my lifetime where it almost looked like there had to be decades to pass before a documentary happened. So I'm sure we'll get this Netflix, Netflix documentary or movie, like in the next three years or something with everything that has transpired in in Buffalo. But speaking of that energy and, and it's real, do you get the sense that this team is beginning to have that team of destiny feel why or why not? I do. Um, and like I mentioned, like, and there's more things I could have talked about as far as what the team has gone through this year. I feel like um, almost every part of the season has had some type of adversity, even going back to the owner, Kim Bagula being uh, hospitalized early. And, um, you know, there's just so many different things that the team has kind of turned around to use for motivation and for focus. And and it seems like, you know, every year, um, well, not every year, but a lot of times when something, a major tragedy or or something happens, you go back to the Saints when, when they had the hurricane down there and, and 
you know, it just, it feels like that type of year for us. Now, will it all play out this way on the field in the playoffs? I don't know. You know, we hope so in Buffalo, but it feels that way. It just feels like, you know, even, even the way the league, you know, figured out the number one seed and the two seed and the home field advantage thing, it, it's almost, you know, for, for now, the last couple of years, Bills fans have been saying, hey, we don't want to go to Kansas City. Uh, for another AFC championship. We got to make this go through Western New York. We got to make it the road to the Super Bowl go through Orchard Park. And now, you know, we didn't win the number one seed because of everything that happened. But in essence, you almost have two number one seeds if, if you look at it like that, because we have two home games. And then if we do meet the Chiefs in that AFC championship, it's going to be at a neutral site. So we still don't have to go to Arrowhead and we don't have to deal with those. And I'm sure that's not you know, Chiefs fans don't like that, but uh, yeah, I was about to say, and I'll, I'll let RJ I'll let you ask the next question here, but I I don't think there was a perfect solution for this. You know, on the on the Kansas yeah. City side, and and what they came up with, I I think both fan bases are not exactly pleased with it to an extent. But I'm trying to put that behind me, and this is just me personally, and and I'm thinking about the college football playoff and the the championship tonight, and I I think there's going to be something really special about a half Chiefs half Bills crowd if if it were were to come to that and so looking at the bright side i, I think it's going to be a really interesting environment if it does come to that neutral site thing anyway rj I'll let you continue uh well i was just going to say um i mean Bengals fans probably feel a little bit worse <laughs> i think yes. I, I know you've yeah. both seen the discourse um on the internet yeah. um and and pete wrote about this actually um uh, did a great job i don't know if you saw this jay spence that arrowhead pride talked about how like hey if you're a chiefs fan complaining like why should you like you know the chiefs did get the buy like at the very least if, if we're trying to yeah. you know divvy up what did happen what didn't but you're right jay spence that's how i viewed it there are kind of two de facto number one seeds from a home field standpoint in the afc um we, we do kind of see this happen in the NFL where we're like a new week resets things. And th this is impossible to reset. Like you can't just have the bills like, Oh, boom. We, you know, we beat the Patriots. Now we're into the playoffs. Like bring on the dolphins. Like, you know, we, we, we can put the interceptions or whatever behind us like a normal week. Um, but, but is there any kind of like, you know, breath, like, like at least like the, the, you know, we, we see so much in life. The, the first, this, the first, that is always going to be difficult. Like just now that the first kind of game is out of the way, is there a little bit more stabilizing that those emotions have started to not subside, but, but just steady a little bit. Everyone's a little bit more understanding of where they are in the, the whole situation. Yeah. Um. So after the game, I was able to obviously watch the, the pressers, but then even speaking to some of the guys, you could tell that there was just like a, a relief. It's like a weight right. lifted. And, and so now I feel like this week they'll be able to focus is fully for practice i mean they they had a couple walkthroughs and they had you know some moments that they were able to um get any type of you know i guess study for the game but nobody was able to focus even trey white talked about how you know he tried to get his mind off of it and watch tv but then every time there was a commercial he just you know when he closed his eyes all he saw was what was happening on the field monday night in cincinnati when they were trying to revive him so it's just um it's one of those things now i feel like Again, with with his health, with Demar's health improving, and now you get the game out. You know, you get the 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 jitters and and all the feelings in a way. I don't want to say out the way because they're gonna still use that for right. motivation, like do it for Demar. But you know, to get that out the way now, it's like okay, let's refocus. Let's get a good week of practice in, um, regardless of who's gonna be quarterback. Because I think that's gonna be the next conversation when you're talking about the playoff game. Like, is Tua gonna be out of concussion protocol, or whatever? But you have a week now to prepare, and it's not. Um, you know, well, guys, take this day off, and then tomorrow we're going to do a light walkthrough. Like, you're actually going to be able to prepare for an NFL game, and 
I think that that's going to make all the difference in the world mentally. And I mean, we saw them running into each other yesterday on defense. So, you know, so hopefully, you know, these guys are better prepared for, for this weekend coming up. Yeah, I, I think the DeMar situation and the emotion is going to carry its way through the playoffs. And I tend to think, and, and I think this is obvious here, if, if you are you don't have a dog in the fight, hello, Green Bay Packers, all of a sudden, like, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of fan bases around the league pulling for the Buffalo Bills here. And let's talk about that game. And, you know, if Tua is able to play, right, and the, and the Dolphins are at full strength, what's your gut reaction to having a division game in the first round of the playoffs? Oh, I love it. You know, we were able to have one last year against the, the New England Patriots and um, just playoff football in Western New York. is a, it's, it's a surreal environment. It's not something that I think any team wants to come in and experience unless you are the Buffalo Bills. And uh, for it to be the Dolphins, look, they, they started off the season hot. They they looked like a real contender Tua looked like an MVP candidate at early parts of the season. So if he is able to go, I think it's going to be a competitive game. You know, we, we won by a field goal last time we, we faced them. And the first time it was a two point game. So it's not as if, you know, we were like blowing the guys out. But I do I do think playoffs uh just bring out a different level so far from what i've seen in josh allen you know every year that he's been in the playoffs he's just performed completely different and um it's like a switch turns on and he's just a different guy so um i'm very confident i, I don't want to say overly confident but i'm very confident going into this weekend regardless of who plays quarterback yeah um i'm somebody who likes to look at at the numbers you know sort of thing like the coincidences and and have fun with it the demar thing is very serious and like i don't mean to make light of it in any way yeah. but i i do find that to be a fun kind of just thing to look at in life a field goal the last and that was a really memorable game that bills dolphins game obviously three point victory this is the third time the bills and dolphins obviously meeting there are three games the bills have to win to get to the super bowl um and in that sense it does kind of feel like um, we were talking before we started recording, um, like other teams we root for. I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan, and I reference this a lot. Um, the 2014 Spurs, it felt like they showed up after they lost the finals of the Heat the year before, like for, for no other reason. Like it was it was not about the regular season. It was not about the Western Conference finals. It was literally they showed up to beat the Heat in the finals. Like that was the pure and total goal all season long. And the Bills have kind of had that energy. And I recognize that, that last week, obviously, you know, took everything apart as far as focus for the playoffs and, and silly things that become trivial in the grand scheme of life. But does it feel like that? Does it feel like, look, all this was fun, all the great moments, all the, the Josh Allen hurdles, but like we literally have been waiting since the coin toss for this moment and yeah. it is finally here. Yeah. And then, and, and even to your point, um, all the threes, but then also just everything else, like I mentioned earlier, that's been going on this year, the Bills right. lost a home game, you know, pr the week before Thanksgiving because they had to right. travel to, and it just seems like um, they're finding ways to win with minimal or the normal amount of preparation there, um, the coaching staff, I, I, and I get it. Like we, we could always say Andy Reid is a, is a coach of the year contender. We can always say certain people should be in that conversation, but Sean McDermott, um, just the amount of things that the Buffalo bills have had as distractions this year for him to overcome those things. And then, you know, lead this team to a 13 and three year, possibly 14 and three, or, you know, however that game would have gone. I just, I just don't understand how he's not mentioned more, uh, you know, and, and with that being said, yeah, the numbers and, and the destiny and all that stuff, man, I, it, it really has that feeling, man. I don't know how to shake it. Cause like I mentioned earlier, I, I'm not the guy to look at those, you know, the numbers and play it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a coincidence. It's cool. It, but it feels like it this year. And it, and it almost feels so obvious that if you don't talk about it and you don't acknowledge it, you know, something's something's wrong with you, you know, because it, it just feels so obvious. 
Yeah, you know what? I, I want to touch upon something that, that you just mentioned where you had a year where I, I think Mike McDaniel was a hot name for the coach of the year, and now it, it looks like it's going to go to Brian Dable. I know Nick Sirianni is going to be in that mix, Kyle Shanahan, et cetera, et cetera. Why do you think it is that Sean McDermott doesn't get mentioned? Because as you were saying that, you know, you think of the Reeds and the Belichicks and the Tomlins of, of the world. He he kind of deserves in this last stretch to, to be right there, at least right now. What What's your take on that? I just always feel um, that that the small market teams really do kind of get overlooked and until, you know, you do win the Super Bowl. So, like, for instance, I know Andy Reid has, you know, he, he's had that consideration, but yeah. I just I still feel like prior to winning the Super Bowl, they would talk about him in a way where it's like, yeah, he's good. His offense is always yeah. good. But, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, and then when you get over that hump. So I, I, I feel like if this is the year of destiny and the Buffalo Bills do, you know, finally bring the Lombardi to Western New York. I think going forward, people will look at Sean McDermott in that light, but, um, but yeah, it's just like this year, like I said, to this is actually like the fourth week of the year, third week of the year where they weren't even able to, to have practice like full practice for the week. And, you know, just to, I to get it special teams, two touchdowns and blah, blah, but they, they, they beat the, the Patriots by, by two scores, you know, like this is, it's just not normal to see a team um, ill-prepared come out and perform the way that they do. And um, he remains focused and he keeps the team focused. Tremaine Edmonds talked about it after the game where he was saying how, you know, nobody really could focus. And the fact that Sean McDermott, he showed his emotions, he showed um, how he felt about everything, but still was able to get the team on track and, and perform this way. I just think it's a shame that he's not mentioned in these conversations, even if he doesn't win it, at least talk about the man in that way. But, but yeah, no, we'll see, you know, we gotta, we gotta win one. I think you guys are, are really on point. Um, you, you know, everybody loves the underdog story that of the small market teams. And obviously I, I cover the biggest, you know, market biggest, you know, spotlight team when it comes to the Cowboys. So like total end opposite end of the spectrum, but like, and then when you do, you know, like you, you coast on easy street. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs have justified that, but like nobody talks about the Bengals, right? Like nobody, I mean, yeah. and I'm not, you know, sit here trying to sit here and say they're better, whatever this and that, but Bengals and bills both deserve a lot of love. Neither team gets as much hype say as the chargers, right? But chargers are in Los Angeles. It's kind of a, a different situation. Jay Spence, the King, you're the man. Thank you so much for joining us. Buffalo rumblings. Um, great, phenomenal job last week, obviously amid some seriously trying circumstances. Um, if it can't be the Cowboys, let it be the Bills. For sure. Now, you know what? I, I actually hope it is the Cowboys and the Bills. I hope they get there. Hey. I, not because I like your team. I, I, I hate them. But I, I want I want redemption from the 90s. So, you know, I you hope know what, that that Jay Spence? That would be part three. Cowboys. Exactly. Bills. Third one. So I'm just that's <laughs> is, my pick. Is, it, is that Buffalo? Pick. Is that Buffalo fan who's shouting into the camera still with us? Because if he is, he need, he needs to come back and do that again. We could. Wow. I, he is still around. We could get Mark. Good. We, we could get him around and do it. But, but no, that's, <laughs> that's, that's my pick. Bills, Cowboys, Bills win. Um, I love most of that. Jay Spence, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> you're the man. Have a great day. God bless. Uh, Pete Tweeney, man alive. We yeah. got a week 18. We got a lot to get to. So like some of these games, no, no disrespect. Yeah. Like, we're just going to kind of, you know, great to have Jay Spence on. I, I, I do feel bad for you guys as we're gearing up for the Andy Reid bowl here. But uh, anyway, let's continue on. Wow. Okay. 
You know, you couldn't even let everybody have a moment. All right, so um, <laughs> let's let's set the stage quickly. We're gonna go just very quickly. I'm gonna run through the playoff field as it is officially set. Then we'll zip through all the games. We'll yeah. kind of talk about the playoff matchups. We know the schedule, et cetera, et cetera. So on the AFC side of things, the Kansas City Chiefs did earn the bye. We're not gonna sit here and debate. Blah blah blah. Check out yeah, Aaron yeah. Pratt or Buffalo Rumbling, Cincy Jungle. Everybody had thoughts on this. Um, Kansas City Chiefs are the one seed. They are off for the week. The Buffalo Bills, the two seed. The Cincinnati Bengals, the three seed. The Jacksonville Jaguars, as mentioned, did win the AFC South on Saturday night. They are the four seed. The LA Chargers, top wild card in the conference with a 10-7 and seven record. They're headed to the playoffs, obviously. They have been for a while. Baltimore Ravens sit at number six. And the Miami Dolphins, thanks to some help from the Buffalo Bills, uh, will be the seven seed. The Pittsburgh Steelers fall just shy of that. On the NFC side of things, it took the Eagles three tries, but they did clinch the number one seed in the NFC East. So they're off for the week as well. The 49ers at the two spot. The Vikings, who everybody hates, the three spot. The Bucks, with a below 500 record, are the NFC South winners at the four seed. Cowboys top wild card with 12 wins. The Giants at the sixth spot. And the Seattle Seahawks, who picked up help, on Sunday Night Football from Dan Campbell's 3-1-3 Detroit Lions are the seven seed. All right, let's... Cowboys um, and the Bucks on Monday night. This is you know, this well, is exactly what you wanted, Arden. I said I was going to do the schedule at the end of things. So way to go. Way to ruin that. Um, <laughs> let's actually start with the Lions. The Lions had nothing to play for on yeah. Sunday night. They found sure. out because the Seahawks won just a few hours before that even a win would not get them in. That did not stop them. They were biting kneecaps and scrapping and moving and all this stuff. 20-16, to 16, the final score over Aaron Rodgers. They knocked him out at Lambeau Field. Um, tough scene for the Green Bay Packers. Awesome scene for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, you know, I I think there's a parallel because you know we're trying to move fast here, RJ. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna do make an executive decision and combine these two teams together. I think there's a parallel the good here. Thing is, you're explaining what you're going to be doing, so you're taking up more time. Yes, yeah. So I'm going to explain it first, and then I'm going to you know divulge into what I'm doing, and then we can talk more about it. So I think the the Steelers and the Lions are two two organizations that are very similar here the Steelers of course had a 28 to 14 win over the Browns uh were in the mix at that time because the Dolphins win they they are not in the playoffs and then you had the Lions who found out before a little bit different situation um because they knew essentially they themselves had nothing to play for but when you have a chance to knock out the division rival Packers and also too and I think this is big for the Steelers and the Lions that's why I brought them up together finish above 500 right because Mike Tomlin and that organization has been one of the organizations that that teams like to model themselves after. And it's just been a decades of excellence here for under Tomlin. And I I think this is a new era, certainly as you get past Big Ben. But there's so much promise there. Right. This is an old guard team, but now they're young again. And I I think you're starting to see things from Kenny Pickett to Pickett to Pickens connection. And then in Detroit. Yeah, you just came short uh, of making the playoffs. A lot of that was your fault by faltering later in the year. But this, to the Seahawks who got the ticket over you. But this is still a a massive organizational win. And, and it is for that AFC team and the Steelers, and it is for the NFC team and the Lions, where it's like, okay, you guys will be out of the postseason dance, but you're nine and eight, and you are gonna be right there next year. And I think both of these organizations in, in different ways needed this type of finish. And nine and eight. I know it, I know it's a moral victory in a way, but nine and eight is just a it's a completely different field than eight and nine. And so I think for these two teams to finish like that, they look forward to 2023. It's just you feel good about the way things ended. And then, of course, RJ, I know you were happy to see Aaron Rodgers not make the postseason. 
Mm, yeah, just um, you know, real, real tough scene to watch. And you know what? This burned the NFL, right? Because they wanted that. That's why they scheduled this. They knew that the yeah. Lions may not have known, or excuse me, may have known that they were eliminated. They put them here anyway because they wanted to get that moment. Aaron Rodgers punching his playoff ticket. R-E-L-A-X, we're going to run the table, blah, blah, blah. Couldn't even put up 17 points, Aaron Rodgers. I agree with you. Um, as far as the non-playoff teams in each conference, I think the teams I feel the best about are the Lions and the Steelers. Um, they both, you know, different, you know, sort of, rides to this point but showed a lot of grit a lot of you know you know resiliency whatever you want to call it um this was awesome and the lions are really really likable right like who, who is out there that doesn't like the lions everybody you know unless you're like a vikings packers or bears fan or whatever justice mosqueda was like all in his emotions i don't know if you saw any of his tweets um on sunday night so i'm very interested to hear him this wednesday here on the nfl show but um really really impressive win from the lions and really just Kind of some some weird officiating. I know people think like, oh, the league favors Aaron Rodgers. Quay Walker also, what are you doing, dude? Pushing a trainer. I mean, for the second time this year, and I know he tweeted about it. He apologized. He said it was unacceptable. Um, kind of everything you expect him to say, a, a, a solid apology. But, dude, you just cannot do that. Like, that. there are some things that there's, like, football stuff you can't do. But, th- like, this is, like, no human can do this. Like, you, I mean, it's just a really, really tough scene and tough way for the Packers season to end. It reminded me a little bit of Kansas City when Devontae Adams shoved the cameraman that was running in, in front oh, of him. Oh, man, that feels so forgotten. I can't <laughs> I forgot all about that myself. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, I, I understand it's an aggressive game, and you can certainly push each other after the whistle. That That's part of football. But your brain basically has to tell you, like, this is off limits, right? Like it's, it's pretty clear. I mean, I don't think we need to go into right. it. I think everyone has the same opinion about it. It's just uh, unacceptable. And I... You know, I, this is the end of the, the year for him, but I, I tend to think he's going to miss games at the beginning of next year for sure. Agreed. Um, last thing on this game, and then we'll go to Steelers-Browns. Um, we're already here. Man, I, I, here's where I do feel bad for Justice. Like, of course, like I'm I'm already so annoyed at the Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to retire? Enough. Like, enough. we don't we don't want to mm-hmm. see this. Like, we don't mm-hmm. want this for a third year in a row. Like, no, nobody's interested anymore. Like, just just do something about this. Yeah, this is, I mean, I, I can just hear the offseason morning on the spn good morning is aaron Rodgers coming back or is he not and it's going to be that way for the next three months following the super bowl right starting in like late february early march and and we'll have to just kind of go through that storyline and hey rj i mean you you've lived this through the the dax situation where it's just every day there's a small update that that because there's no football that they talk about for you know the entire day but yeah gear up this is this is going to be a repeat of last year for sure the Pittsburgh Steelers had to win um, and pick up some help for them to be the seventh seed in the AFC. They did get half of that help, but the Miami Dolphins were able to kind of fight things off on their own end. But still an impressive 28-14 to 14 win for the Steelers over the Browns. We already kind of covered Pittsburgh and where they're at. Pete. Najee Harris had 23 carries, 84 yards at a touchdown. You're right. That young nucleus is just going to be really fun to watch. You do have this like you know, it's the kids and, and, and you know, old guard Mike Tomlin. I don't have time for this stuff. Type Tomlin, stuff. Like it, you know, yeah. fun energy. This is all about Tomlin, man. Uh, your quarterbacks were a rookie and and who had to develop and Mitch Trubisky, and you managed to be nine and eight. Uh, that's still a fantastic year. And you could see, as you were saying, the, the young nu- nucleus. And when you have TJ Watt, uh, you know, the way that he he is and, and is playing now, now very clearly the most important Watt in the NFL after yesterday, I, I just find they're they're going to be right there. And, you know, the, the greatest teams in the NFL, the most successful teams in the NFL, don't really go through rebuilds. You don't have to go through a rebuild every, you know, 10 years. You can find a way to, to manage success. And, and just Mike Tomlin is just a huge part of that. 
Um, so it should be mentioned that we're recording this right now. It's what, 1030 central time. 1031. Um, yeah. You know, 10 th- 11, 1131 in the east, um, 931 in the west. Thank you very much. Uh, citizen of the world, Pete Twinius. Um, the Cleveland Browns relieved defensive coordinator Joe Woods of his duty. So um, there are some staff changes coming to the Browns. We'll rip through everything that has happened at this point. But the reason the time was relevant was, you know, whoever you are, you might be listening to this or watching this Monday night, Tuesday morning, whatever. And it's possible that more things have happened since then. Uh, but the Cleveland Browns going to be in the market for a new defensive coordinator. This is just, I mean, like, you know, we, we were all here, like, everybody loves the Bills, everybody loves the Lions, nobody likes the Browns. Like, the, the, the this was a really, really rough just football year for the Browns, let alone everything they did to get to this point. So um, I don't know how you can feel great if you're a Browns fan moving into the offseason, especially if you do want to start getting into it. You don't have any draft capital to work with because you, you made this bet. If you're still a Browns fan and you have said, okay, you know, I, you know I'm going to support the on-the-field product and, you know, I know that, Deshaun has had his transgressions. We're not going to talk about that, but just the, the football player. I mean, it is not promising right now, uh, you know, and, and the, the strength of, of the team for me, you know, at times this year was the defense really, you know, and, and that was right. when it was Jacoby Brissett. And then now you're firing your defensive coordinator. They just feel, they feel so far from being a relevant team. And I think when they were able to acquire Watson, they felt it was going to be, a very quick twitch, quick switch type of now we're now we're a contender again. And, and it just it's so clear that that's so far from the case right now. I mentioned the Miami Dolphins and their connection to the Steelers had the Dolphins lost. The Steelers would be the team traveling to take on the Buffalo Bills in the wild card round. But the Dolphins won. It was it was ugly. Yeah, this was, <laughs> was an ugly game. I mean, the, the, the reality is uh, here, RJ, is if Tua doesn't come back, and I'm not saying that he should be forced back into the mix, it, you know, the, the Bills fans really have nothing to complain about because it's going to be a buy, essentially. That's, you know, they need they need Tua to be be playing this next week. So I don't know if this was a score agami. I don't know if you know or if you know, Rachel, uh, but 11 to 6 was the final score, thanks to uh, you know some weirdness at the very end uh, here in this game. Um, but 11 to 6, the final score, Dolphins get the win. They got the loss they needed, thanks once again to the Bills. Um, so the Dolphins, it, multiple things can be true. It can be true that the Dolphins collapsed twice, obviously, this season, that Mike McDaniel's not perfect, that two is not perfect, um, that Tyreek and Jalen Waddle are amazing, that there's a lot of potential and promise here, that they still might improve the quarterback position over the offseason, and that they're, generally speaking, heading in the right direction as a football operation, which hadn't been the case for a long time in Miami. I think all told, it, it's, you know, however this coming weekend ends, it's been a successful season for the Dolphins. and You, you just feel better as a playoff team than if, if you hadn't gotten there. Yeah, and and it it seems like a team... And for a lot of reasons, right? Because they've had their own issues all year, especially everything surrounding Tua. Um, it feels like a team that backed into the postseason and right. will have a quick, you know, like I said, unless Tua plays, and I'm not saying he should if he's not ready to go, this is going to be a quick exit. But you're right. I, I think there is something to build on and being a playoff team and, and being able to play in this game. But, you know, it's just hard to imagine this is going to be anything other than the Bills controlling the game from start to finish this weekend. Um, also just quickly, and we have a lot to get to, like I said, this, like the, the cute, fun energy that jets had once upon a time, all gone. Like, you know what I mean? Like it Did just kind of, are feels you like, saying that you kept the receipts, RJ? 
I um, don't believe in receipts. You know what I mean? I go to Chipotle. They're like, you want your receipt? No, I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out in the garbage anyway. Yeah. You know what I hate? Like, oh, you want us to email you the receipt? No, I don't want to sit here and type out my whole email on your little pad thing. Like, I don't just, I don't need it. I trust myself. I, mm-hmm. I I know my budget. I know where I'm spending my money. I don't need the receipt. But thank you very much. Yep. Um, but, man, this Jets team is is in a weird place. And they obviously have a huge thing to figure out in the offseason with the quarterback position, Zach Wilson, blah, blah, blah. If anybody's interested in Zach, whatever. But just a really flat way to end the season. 11 to 6. Like, you lose 11 to 6 to Skyler Thompson. Like, just just gross. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the things we do on on this show, and probably the, the main thing we do, is to just relate the league to each other. And you saw in another city in Indianapolis where the Houston Texans decided, we're going we're gonna to win this football game. We are going to win. And guess what? That was the difference between the first seed and the second seed. The New York Jets would have had Trevor Lawrence instead of Zach Wilson. We talked about this a little bit on this show before. They're probably in the shoes of the Jaguars right now. They're a completely different team with the way that Trevor Lawrence is playing. I know he didn't have the greatest game on Saturday. They found a way to get it done. But I just think that ended stretch of the season showed you he is going to be an it guy. Zach Wilson couldn't even suit up when Mike White was injured, right? This is your second overall pick. These wins that you get at the end of the season, Texans, really do matter. And it's changed the course of history for the the New York Jets. Like, I don't know if Zach Wilson will ever be their starter for a full season ever again. I think they'll probably give it one more try. I know he won't. (laughs) Maybe maybe they try to give it one more try. But to me, it's going to be a this is another change of scenery guy. And it's all because. That win against that those McVay Rams all those years ago, and now you're you're you don't have Trevor Lawrence, and you got this defense, and yeah, it just feels like a franchise that is missing the most important position. And we'll see how they address that in the offseason. Um, let's do one sentence on the Saturday games, and like I said, we'll try to get through the games and set the the template for the way the league looks right now. The Chiefs won thirty-one to thirteen in Vegas. One sentence, Pete Sweeney, go. The Chiefs finally played a complete game of football in all three phases my sentence uh was well, so i agree with you so to, uh, that's not my sentence so, but uh my <laughs> sentence is um the chiefs always find a way to be very good which right. is different like you know you hear the term like they found a way like the chiefs always find a way but to be very good like there's a, yeah. a difference in those things um sorry i don't know what happened to my throat there uh one that sentence a, that was an interesting on, uh, noise. We're, we're big on noises at the end of this show and we're, we're at the halfway um, point here that was an interesting noise the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, won the AFC South Bowl 20 to 16. Uh, my wife and I were watching Glass Onion uh, while this game I had this Ooh. game on the old iPad. Uh, movie was great. Highly recommend. Um, that, so I will always is that the think Knives of the Jaguars. Out sequel? It is. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll always kind of think of the Glass Onion and everything, you know, uh, detective and everything. Like, when I think of this Jaguars team. Uh, so one sentence uh, on the Jaguars winning the AFC South between you. Mm. Hmm. Well, <laughs> how about josh allen found a way to to get it done on on both days this weekend <laughs> not your best work but the the, the one yeah. sentence game is tough i had something um, there i i will say my sentence is the jacksonville jaguars are the best team in the afc south like that that's how i feel about them like they're very clearly the best team in the division but like that isn't saying a lot you know and i give them full credit for it but like the division just stinks I, out loud man i think they um, cut a break here i just feel like if ryan Tannehill plays in this game that the titans mm-hmm. as they do muck it up to the point of, of finding a way to win 
the uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, put up 30 points in their regular season finale, 30 to 17 against the Buccaneers. The Bucks finish, as noted earlier, with a below 500 record. They will host a playoff game. Miss me with all this stuff. We already know the rules. We don't have to relitigate this. Uh, this morning, I don't know if you saw this just now, Pete, uh, Falcons defensive coordinator Dean Pease has announced his retirement. So the Falcons are also looking for a new defensive coordinator. Just kind of a whatever day. I mean, like for the Falcons, like what are you doing? I mean, cool. I mean, you damage. Well, usually, when day. they announce that, it, it it kind of says to you, well, Arthur Smith is is being retained. Not that that was a huge right. question, but there was a little bit there. And so, there always has to be a fall guy when things are not going well. And the Atlanta has Atlanta has those. But in their announcement, that means that Arthur Smith is staying for another round here. I am so interested to see who the Falcons are going to be next year. Like with Kyle Pitts, obviously Calvin Ridley is not there, but like Calvin Ridley, by the way, will be on the Jaguars next year. Like that will be interesting to watch, but like who's the quarterback of the Falcons? Is it Desmond Ritter? Like, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's got to be Desmond Ritter um, we that, can kinda... that, that, that's in a competition with a veteran, correct? Right. Like one of those Baker Mayfield. Uh, yeah. Like or maybe like a Ryan Tannehill or yes, somebody who yes. kind of like winds up there. Yes, yes. I could see that. Uh, we'll talk about the Bucks when we get to the playoffs. Just kind of trying to tie a bow on all this stuff. Um, you talked about the Houston Texans. Let's go ahead and get there. The Houston Texans, somehow, some way. Um, I mean, this if if they had been like, I guess they were though, but like if they had been trying to win, this would have been an incredible win. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? This this was a. I don't know how much of this you saw. I know you yeah. were obviously kind of red zoning yeah. it up, but like this was a thrilling <laughs> football game at the very end. Houston Texans score a touchdown down by seven, go for two analytics. Love it. They get it. And they beat the Indianapolis Colts. What a shocker. The team that RJ said sucked went four, 12 and one. So just to be very clear here, they didn't even beat the Texans at all this season, the Indianapolis Colts in two tries. Uh, but the big story, as you mentioned, the Houston Texans knocked themselves out of the number one overall pick. They will pick second in the 2023 NFL draft. Uh, they do have Cleveland's pick as well. And on Sunday night, as the regular season was wrapping up, they announced that they are firing Lovey Smith. Second year in a row that they have fired a head coach after his first season with the team. 2023 will mark their fourth head coach in four seasons. I think this was a little bit of, of Lovey Smith sticking it to the Texans and said, look, we're, we're going to win this game. And you could tell he really wanted it. I think he knew he wasn't coming back. And he gave the pick to his old team, right. the Chicago Bears. And and this from Stephen Holder, and I think this is relevant to your whole take on the, the Indianapolis Colts. Stephen Holder, uh, of course, of ESPN. I am thoroughly convinced Chris Ballard is coming back next season. Everything I continue to hear very strongly suggests statements that affect by Jim Ursi are true. Nothing is 100% until I see, see who they hire as a head coach. But Ballard returning is absolutely my expectation. Stephen Holder is pretty, pretty good. So... Ballard will stay. We'll see who they hire as a head coach. I, I imagine this Jeff Saturday thing will not continue. And then they have to go and get a, another quarterback again, again in Indianapolis. So um, I don't know if you saw this, the SB Nation uh, account as a whole uh, referenced Jim Irsay's tweet after the Colts beat the remember, remember the victory lap that Jim Irsay took like, oh, you losers. You doubted us. You thought that this was stupid. Guess what we just did? We just unearthed the coaching gem because we beat the crap Raiders. Guess what? They lost every game since Jim Irsay tweeted that out. Every yeah. game. Yeah, uh, this is is one of the the situations uh, in the NFL that are, are an ideal for head coaches out there. So you know, we'll see what happens what happens there. And you know, I, I cannot, I still can't believe they they decided to turn it over to Jeff Saturday. Uh, it is what it is. Um, 
that'll be a nice answer to a trivia question. Yes, from now. Uh, the Texans, as noted, do not have the number one overall pick. They do not have a head coach. I tweeted this. They do not deserve to be an NFL franchise. Like, like, and and like, people take this as like, oh, so you think Lovey Smith is awesome? I think Lovey Smith was set up to fail. I think David Cully was set up to fail. Like, this has been a really unprofessional at best operation that the Texans have been running. I mean, what, like, wh- how how can you feel comfortable with what is happening with this team right now? Yeah, uh, I. I, I think you're right. And and this is where it co- where the coaching carousel gets interesting. Um, you know, some coaches that are out there, like a Sean Payton can, can pick where he wants to go in a sense. Whereas you have head coaches that are, or, or candidates that are going to be out there. And, and we, we go through this in Kansas city with Eric the enemy, where it's like, he's do- desperately, you know, ho- hoping for a chance here. Do you take a Texans job? Cause sometimes you may, you may get one shot at, at this. So I just, I think there's a nuanced thing to watch with the coaching carousel of these candidates, you know, whether or not they feel like it's in their best interest, because Houston, for me, just with that whole organization, it's not a job I would particularly want. And I think you need to evaluate that, especially if you have options. I agree. Um, We'll see if they go down the Josh McCown road, um, which is obviously where they've tried to go several times. Really quickly. Do you feel like the, the, Texans should be relegated and the USFL champions, the Birmingham Stallions should be able to play in the NFL next year. I know that this is your first season, like legitimately following the premier league. So you feel like really cool. Cause you get to kind of reference this now. Um, <laughs> this is an, an old entire joke. Uh, but if we wanted to relegate the Texans, you know what? Promote tonight's winner, Georgia TCU. I'm fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's where I'm good. Okay. Um, I, I don't need this Texans. I, I, I actually like, I feel for Texans fans because it's it's a hard thing to like give your fandom to a team that like feels like you know where you feel like they don't give it back to you. Um, stats BLG and I were slacking about this, like talking about something, and BLG brought this up. Like, what a horrible like you you crawled through all this sludge all season yeah. as a Texans fan just to be like, okay, you know, we can have the number one overall pick to start watching highlights or film or cut ups or whatever you want to do, and they took that. They took the one thing that they you know, and, and if it was Lovey. Good for lovey, but you get what I'm saying? Like, that's just a really hard way for the rug to come out from under you. Yeah. And, and I just, I don't know where they go from here. Like I said, it's just not an attractive place to be. I, if you are someone who's an up and coming coordinator, you really want to go to Houston. You might as well stay where you have having success. That's led you to this interview. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Chicago Bears do have the number one overall pick, thanks to the Texans winning and their loss against the Minnesota Vikings, 29-13, to 13, the final score. Like I said, we'll touch on Minnesota in a little bit here, but, I mean, the, the, the tank was on. Like, like The tank was very clearly on. They did not play Justin Fields. He had a hip injury, according to the team. Uh, the Bears did it, though. They secured the bag. They have the number one overall pick. They have a lot of options and a lot of flexibility. And honestly, kind of a, I don't want to call it promising future, but at least the most exciting outlook for the future that they've had in a very long time. Well, Ryan Poles, the, the GM there, gets it, right? Like, you don't have to tank as in, like, tell your players to lay down. But it's easy. Oh, Justin Fields, our franchise quarterback, the quarterback in the future who has nothing to play for here, is a little banged up. Let's play Nathan Peterman against one of the top seeds in the NFC so that we ensure that we have a chance to get this. And then Houston, we just talked about how silly they are. Balls to the wall to get the W. And now Chicago's picking first. And guess what? They have a quarterback already. Trade that pick back. Get a few first rounders. Get a few second rounders and build around him. And I, you know, I think Chicago is one of those franchises in the NFL where the league as a whole is better when Chicago is good. And I, I think this is a, a huge break for them because somebody's going to want that pick. So I'm uh, very excited for them. Yeah. I'm a big Matt Eberflus fan, big Justin Fields fan. Um, obviously, my dog's name is Bear. So I'm, I'm rooting for this. I'm rooting for this process. I'm excited to check it out. Sure. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the other side of that, right? Like they did it. They found the franchise quarterback. They got through. They understood the assignment. They didn't win any meaningless games, blah, blah, blah. Joe Burrow uh, was great. This was, you know, obviously a, an emotional week for the Bills, but for the Bengals as well. Uh, T. Higgins, who obviously had a, you know, a, a very emotional week, uh, had had a moment that was scary in this game, but he came back, thankfully. Uh, Joe Mixon had a coin flip celebration that was awesome. The Bengals really do have this energy of like, you know, we were not treated fairly in, in this this particular situation, these particular circumstances. Um, they had their way with the Ravens. It did get kind of cute at the very end, and they will see them again a week from uh, from now in the wild card round. Yeah, Joe Joe Burrow said after Joey the, B, baby. said after this game that the his Super Bowl window is his entire oh. career. That was so cool, dude. Like, <laughs> that is such a cool, like, that's such, not everyone could say that and have it sound cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was so cool. For the, <laughs> I well, love Joe Burrow. He's like, right. Consider and me the five millionth person. He, yeah, he's right. And, and I, I don't think there are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that could say that, but he is a, he's certainly one of them. And I, I think it's just a good reminder that, like, if you have a Burrow or a Mahomes or a Lamar, for example, on the other side who wasn't playing in this game, you got to be going for it every year. It you know you think that these guys are gonna play and and live forever and then you, you know all of a sudden you blink and Aaron Rodgers is in his second straight year of considering retirement so go and try to get it done every year I agree with you I would also posit that I mean you can even have Mahomes and like nothing is promised like you know what I mean like you can and maybe maybe the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year but like you know this is it's now been what 
three years since they won it. You know what I mean? Like that that day, you know, when the Chiefs win it, you're thinking like they're going back to back. You know, you just, like everything I, feels destined, you, but it's you, not. You just, you know, you get to a point in Kansas City where you just wish players two to 53 would also refuse to lose. But it's just not the case. Uh, also, yeah. uh, OK, we'll touch on the Ravens and the Bengals a little bit more deeply in a moment here. Trying to wrap all this up. This game was ugh. The Carolina Panthers uh, kicked a game-winning field goal to beat the New Orleans Saints 10-7. to Just a meaningless game for both teams, right? And, yeah. and you kind of thought Carolina would win um, because they've they've had a nice end to their season. They, they flirted would actually make them the postseason, which is unbelievable with, with what they did. So we'll see what happens with them. And then New Orleans, a little, another hum-ho, whatever year after, after Sean Payton. It's just these are two franchises that are, that are kind of caught up in that that Vikings middle that we used to talk about where I, you know, I just, sometimes you win too many games for the amount of, of legitimate pieces that you have in the organization. The Denver Broncos have a win that they can build off of mm-hmm. 31 to 28, the final score over the chargers who, who did play I Russ mean, did, back. It, or the chargers did play into this fourth. You know, the Broncos have, have, you know, the last two weeks since firing Nathaniel Hackett, have looked better. I mean, I recognize how low the bar is. You know what I mean? But like <laughs> they have. Uh, and I'm not trying to be like, watch out, here they come. But I do think every year there is one team that is like a prime, like obvious candidate to be good, to regress that, you know, maybe the quarterback was injured or, or they had some extenuating circumstances. It is not impossible to see the Broncos and Russell Wilson, everything like clicking after, you know, an admittedly horrible year. This was a promising win, I thought, for the Broncos. I mean, I I guess. Chase Daniel. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, tr- look, I'm trying to be nice. You know what I mean? Like, let's- yeah. <laughs> I think the bigger story about the Broncos is not this win where, you know, eventually they did, the Chargers did end up, you know, relieving the the starters. I, I think it's, right. I, yeah, I think it's hard to talk about the Broncos and their year in Russ without talking about, uh, you know, the Seattle Seahawks and the fact, you know, I, I, knew, I know that they needed a little help yesterday, but they ended up making a big time decision this, this offseason. I think at the time, we were stunned that the the Seahawks would roll with with Geno and and they were just so clearly right and so clearly swindled the Broncos and the Broncos are are left where they need a Sean they're considering trading another first rounder for Sean Payton right now to the New Orleans Saints because this situation is so messed up like you need to bring in the 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 most looks like when you have a family member and you know you're a rich family and they get a a disease or something and you're like we're going to get the best doctor in the country that's what the broncos are now having to do they're having to like put pour more money and more value into fixing the situation so yeah i mean if you want to get happy over 31 to 28 win that's fine but i just think they're they're just they're in a in a tough and terrible situation with that contract and what has to happen now they have already been connected to Sean Payton. They have already been connected to Jim Harbaugh. On Monday morning, um, they requested an interview with Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. So uh, we'll see who takes this job. I mean, it's a, an interesting time, to say the least, for the Broncos. Um, the Eagles wrapped up the number one seed in a game that was meaningless for the Giants. Davis Webb played quarterback. Jalen Hurts, in his return, 20 of 35, 229 yards, did have an interception um, didn't rush a ton as far as production, nine carries for 13 yards. It was a, a measured game, um, obviously, for the Eagles, but they got the win. They got what they needed. They're the one seed, and now they have a week to kind of chill out and relax. Yeah, if you're an Eagles fan, don't be panicked about this. I mean, you see these type of things all the time where a team is going to play their backups, and then it's more interesting. I mean, you know, the, the, the you know even the players that are, that are backups, now you're playing guys with fresh legs, not to say that you should have been in an eight point game with the Giants, but or whatever it ended up being a six point game. But 
you know, they'll take a break here and they'll come back and they'll be the Eagles in the in the divisional round. I have no doubt about that. This game does not mean a, a thing. The Seattle Seahawks, as noted, got the necessary win and then the necessary help. 19 to 16, the final score at home against the Rams. It took to overtime, but they did get the win. Nobody cares how you got here. You're in the playoffs. You have the first round pick from the Broncos. Uh, Geno Smith has a $1 million incentive that is triggered by the Seahawks making the playoffs. One of the best stories in the NFL. Certainly a candidate for comeback player of the year. I think he is the comeback player of the year. And, you know, I I think you, you end up seeing him get that award. I think what's really interesting about this game and it leads you nicely into what is next week is every division is like this where you have a, a team that's better and then a team that's worse. And sometimes it goes awry based upon because they, they know each other so well and the records don't really matter. I think it's most the case over the years, especially in these past two decades in the NFC West. And you could have a, a game between these two teams and one team could be playing horribly and the other team could be vying for a, a first round buy. And then you see the other team win. And what's really interesting about that is you have everyone's favorite pick for the Super Bowl right now, right? It's the San Francisco 49ers. And now they got a division game next week and we'll see what can happen. But I, I just like, I think if, if there's any, if there's any situation, especially in the first round of the playoffs that you don't want, if you're a team in the NFC West, it's seeing another NFC West team, especially if sure. you're a better one. So um, I agree with that. So um, I was going to bring up Sean McVay and the rumors about him and everything. He may walk away. It kind of feels like that is more likely than not at this point. We'll obviously see. Uh, but we do have some breaking news as we are here. I mentioned it's Black Monday uh, here on Monday, Football Monday. Uh, Adam Schefter just tweeted out, Pete tweeted that the Arizona Cardinals have fired Cliff Kingsbury, who, as Adam tweets it out, 10 months ago signed a contract extension through the 2027 season. I'm reading Adam's tweet verbatim here. The Cardinals still have never had a head coach, any head coach, last longer than six years while the team has existed for over 100 years. That is uh, remarkable when you really think about it. Certainly not weird as far as modern NFL stuff is concerned, um, but Cliff Kingsbury out with the Arizona Cardinals now. Um I know that uh, Jay Spence mentioned this. I don't know that Steve Kime has officially been been dismissed, or I know he had the health situation that was happening, but the Cardinals are seemingly hitting the reset, although they did just give not just Cliff, but Kime an extension, and they obviously gave Kyler Murray the extension, the Call of Duty clause, and all that sort of stuff. This is a rough scene with the Arizona Cardinals right now. I think this is a, a case, and we just talked about the Denver Broncos, like you can't fire the quarterback when you, you've signed them for, for, for that long. A, you're pouring money into them, a lot of money. And be the salary cap, right? Like it's it's impossible to just move on from a quarterback. And and not to say that 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 you know Kingsbury um or Hackett didn't didn't deserve it. I, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to make that case, but when you have these situations, and I think it's a parallel in Denver and Arizona, and you gotta make a change, you're not cutting the quarterback you just signed, right? Like you just aren't. And so you you see the 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 Cardinals move on from Cliff and Cliff isn't done. I mean, he'll find another job. I don't think he'll be a head coach right away, but I, I think he'll find an offensive job somewhere else. Um, I will ask you to guess um, what interested party um, had Adam Schefter tweet this out. This is Schefter's tweet a moment ago. This season, Cardinals watched GM Steve Kime take a health-related leave of absence, relieved running backs coach James Saxon and offensive line coach Sean Kugler of their duties due to off-field issues, lost quarterback Kyler Murray and tight end Zach Ertz to torn ACLs, and had wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins suspended six games. I mean, this sounds like, oh, the Cardinals really dealt with a lot of things. Like, a lot of those things are the Cardinals' fault. 
Um, I mean, like yeah. we sit here head- and we bag on the. Go go ahead. How many head coaching jobs are there as we we speak here now? We have Arizona. So we have we have had the Colts, the the Panthers, and the Broncos. Those were the three entering, um, obviously the regular season finale. The Houston Texans have fired Lovey Smith since the regular season ended, and now the Arizona Cardinals have fired uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I believe that is it. So we're waiting on the status of the L.A. Rams. That would give us a sixth if Sean McVay does decide to walk away. I don't know who else would be in jeopardy. Uh, maybe well, you believe the Commanders New, uh, New, would make or- a move. New Orleans been, has been tied to Peyton again. Right. I, I think that's a, a possibility. You know, as I'm looking through these teams, it, it seems about I think, it. Like, I think the like maybe like if we're reaching possibilities, are the Commanders, the Saints, maybe the Jets are sick of Robert Sala and just want a whole reboot. That would be a mistake in my mind. Yeah, um, me too. The Titans and and Mike Vrabel, maybe you know no. what I mean. Like again, I'm I'm trying to reach, but at this point, we have five uh, noted or five established openings. The Rams feels like the the most likely one that doesn't exist yet. It's just wild that. Every year there's six or seven, like without fail. Like it's, it's, and we're going to be, we're going to be right there again. It's also wild. Uh, this is a tweet from Ben Volan. Um, the quarterbacks who got the biggest contracts last offseason, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, both saw their head coaches get fired. You know, like the quarterback is the most important position of the game, obviously, but right. you cannot let your quarterback run your team. You know, that, that is a mistake in a lot of ways. Um, and the Cardinals did that with Kyler from day one, you know what I mean? In, in bringing cliff on specifically, cause they were going to draft Kyler. I mean, it's just, man, tough scene. Yeah. I, and you know, and I, you know, I, I think from my standpoint, we'll see how it shakes out the enemy and Nagy. If the enemy were to get a head job, I'd imagine Nagy would be the offensive coordinator, which would lead to a quarterback's coach vacancy for Patrick Mahomes, which to me would seem like a, a fit there, but we will see how it all plays out for cliff. Um, the Niners beat the Cardinals. We'll touch on them uh, momentarily as we wrap up the games, and then we'll kind of run through the playoffs as they are. Pete, the uh, Cowboys fell in their regular season finale. Um, the Commandos, WFT, came out firing last night. Uh, Twenty-six to six uh, was the final score. Uh, by the way, uh, Ian Rappaport just tweeted out that this feels like a mutual parting of ways between the Cardinals and Cook Kingsbury. Well, that's not we'll very see. late here. We're talking about the WFT. No, I know. Um, so. The Cowboys had something to play for. I want to be very clear here, uh, just because people might not understand. Uh, They did not pick up the help, either piece of help that they would have needed had they won. Um, But they played this game like they did not have it, like like they were locked. That was kind of how they approached this game. Um, The Cowboys ran three plays where they utilized play action. That is incredibly low for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, like call it coping or whatever. It it really truly seemed like. You know, they were being in, like like it was a preseason game. Like they treated it like vanilla from the beginning. I yeah, mean, that's I, that's the best explanation I can come up with. I understand people want to get like their it. jokes off though. No, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to be super funny here. It it was funny to me. I'm not a big Dallas guy, but like I I th- I don't think this is how you want to go into the playoffs. I know that I, I said the Eagles were fine. They they were able to get the win and it, it was a similar performance, even though they won against New York's backups. But I just now you're going to play tom brady (laughs) you know this was not this didn't leave you feeling overconfident or you know all that confident i think heading into and i get the bucks are sub 500 but this is this is tom brady and the bucks now playing dallas in the first round 
I would only offer that Dallas um, in week 18 last year played, call it for momentum, and they won 51 to 26 yeah, in a meaningless true. game in Philadelphia. And it, and they went into the and, – and that's not to say like, oh, it blew up in their face last year, so like they're destined to win the Super Bowl this year. All it is to say is like, you know, and like in a league that is over 100 years old, as noted by the Cardinal situation, like you can find an example to prove anything, right? Like players or teams who rested or didn't rest and how it did or didn't work out for them. So um, – you know, I, I, Cowboys fans are really, I was talking to Rachel, uh, really upset right now. But again, it's not hard to discern that they did not play this. They did not throw the kitchen sink at the commanders and lose 26 to six. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, you can argue with or be upset about the strategy that they employed, but like they were very clearly not all the way in on this game, we're, you know, cause they were looking to, to the playoffs, not the fan base, but individually, because we had talked about this weeks ago because it just seemed like it, it was destiny for the Cowboys to meet Brady and the Bucks. Where's your panic level of the Bucks coming into Dallas and, and playing them on Monday night? They're not coming into Dallas. That game is in Tampa. Oh, the that's Bucks right. Excuse me. I'm winner. sorry. Yeah. See, that, um, that has always bothered me. And I, I had a Freudian slip there because it annoys me yeah. to pieces that a 12 and five team has to go to an, a sub 500 team. I agree with you. Um, I mean, look, you and I respect the Vikings more than anybody else <laughs> seemingly in the world. This is if, if you're a wild card in the NFC, which is what the Cowboys are, and you have to play a division winner, this is the one I want to play. This is the, the yeah. weakest team, right? This is the weakest of the four division winners in the NFC. That's not like pe- people take exaggerated ends of something and be like, oh, oh, it's RJ's guaranteeing a win. No, they might lose, right? Like it's, it's the playoffs. Like the Bills could lose, the Niners could lose, right? Like it's a one and done season at this point for everybody but, involved. Um, what is so, the DraftKings I mean, Sportsbook spread on early well, let's, spread? On- let's set the stage. Let's okay, get to those. Here we go. So, all six playoff games of super wild card super weekend. Super wild card weekend. 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 We will, we will have we will have two on Saturday, three on Sunday, Woo! and then the Cowboys will visit the Buccaneers on Monday I, night. Football. I think they switched this. Wasn't it three games on Saturday the last time? Or am I losing my mind? You're losing your mind a little bit because they want the Sunday night game. That they the league loves those Sundays where they get one game in every window: the noon window, the afternoon window, and then the night. So window. this is you know it's you've always got to been three games. It's, it's always been three games on Sunday since they changed. It's it? been it's been this way since they added uh, since they evolved to this point, which this Super is a third season. wild card weekend weekend and, weekend. And, and. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's run through the, these games. And obviously, we'll have a lot of talk about these games uh, throughout the week here on the NFL show. Later on Friday on the look ahead, we'll, of course, pick them. But right now, Pete and I are going to do it in a in a really sort of early place. Uh, we'll go in chronological order, Pete. On Saturday afternoon on Fox, the Seattle Seahawks will visit the San Francisco 49ers, the division rivals, as you mentioned. As of Monday morning at 11.03 a.m. Central Time, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook have the Niners as 10-point favorites. 10 point favorites. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think that it can go either way. Like again, in, in the, this type of, of division, is this, is this a, I'll take the Niners, but I'll take the points sort of situation for you. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, you know, that th- those are rare where you're, you're taking the points and, and picking the other team money line. But to me, this screams that screams it. Um, I'll take the Niners to win and cover. I, they, they're they're the team I'm most afraid of on the NFC side. I'm, I, 
I'm I'm terrified of the Niners, so I mm-hmm. have no problem admitting that. Um, there are two road favorites to kind of spoil uh, the Cowboys conversation we're going to have in a moment. They are one of them. The other is the Los Angeles Chargers, who will visit Duval County and the Jaguars. That line has moved. Um, the Chargers opened up, I saw, as two-and-a-half-point favorites on Saturday night. Yeah. That is now down to one, so almost a straight pick em. Uh, I, the Jaguars. I, I've been trying to tell people about Jacksonville. I've been trying to. I've been trying. Oh, to. you're right, Pete. No, nobody, nobody thinks highly I, of the Jaguars. You you're the a, only one. Are you, you drinking a beer right now? I'm seeing it. Is this that is, a, is that a this is a is that a bubble water with a this is water with a mio the, the like mio energy squeeze. Stuff. You are, I well, gave up I gave up coffee on Sunday, so um, I'm what? doing anything I can to, to just spice yeah, up some water. I, you, like, the coffee trade for Bud Light is a move. I I I think that that Jack- kind of look like a beer now that I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I, I promise. I think that Kiss, ja- it's not a beer. We're good. I Go think ahead. that Jacksonville is is spicy. I think they can win this game. I think this could be the best game of the weekend. I, I'm going to be locked oh, in for no. that. Yes. Dude, the Jaguars looked awful on, on Look, Saturday I, night. I know. I, mean, I know. I understand. I mean, I had no problem keeping my attention on Glass Onion. I mean, that's how, you know, poor sure. the Jaguars looked. But look, um, they got it done. They found a way to get it done in the end. I'm really excited about the state of the AFC. And I, I hate to have like a, I love the NFL Rob Lowe take, but like, think about the quarterbacks <laughs> in, in, in the AFC, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is kind of like the oldest dude around <laughs> now. Like, you know, he's the oldest, to, I believe he's the oldest quarterback of the quarterbacks in the AFC. He playoffs. is like, so he's drafted in 2017, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, both in 18, um, in 20, you had Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert and Tua in 21, Trevor Lawrence. Like it is a youth movement on the AFC side of things. Yeah, and and it it's tough because I I think you wish one of those three were in the NFC so they they could play in the Super Bowl and they didn't beat up on each other every year. But these two, three guys are going to be going at it now, and I'm sure that you have you'll have a year where somebody else breaks through. I mean, they're going to be preventing each other from titles, plural. Um, I'll take the Chargers and lay the point. Are you taking the Jaguars? Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, uh, I'll make some more official picks later this week with stats and blg sunday uh first game of the day we've got the buffalo bills hosting the miami dolphins buffalo the largest favorite of the week at the moment ten and a half points this is really going to depend point wise i think buffalo is going to win but this is for me this is really going to depend spread wise on if Tua plays if Tua plays that the dolphins can reasonably cover if Tua doesn't play the buffalo bills are just going to blow them out of the water i will say this if Tua plays and plays like like I hate when people do this, like, well, if insert like the most, you know, like ridiculous thing or like the most extreme thing of all time. Or, like if Tua plays and like has an amazing game, like, the Dolphins might win, right? Like I'm not that's yeah. not my take, but like Tua has like the Dolphins have played the Bills very tough. Yes. Like you're you're talking about, you know, the Niners and the Seahawks and like, oh, watch out. Like I look, everybody loves the Bills story and obviously love the Bills, love Jay Spence and everything. Like that like I, I would not be stunned if, if the Dolphins – is it going to snow, right? Like, probably not, you know? So, like, you have to imagine it's it's a less difficult trip than yeah, it was last it, time for Miami. You know, like, very – I'm all about the Buffalo story, and, and we'll see if they can continue to, to win these games. But, like, I don't think Josh Allen has looked the same in the second half of the year. And even in this game yesterday, <clears throat> I, I taking out the emotion and just talking about the game, right? If they don't get those runbacks – that they got from Naheem Hines, the Patriots might have won. I, I mean, I know that's crazy to say. Like, I don't, I don't think they're I mean, coming into the the playoff. I get the emotion, and I, I think you can ride that. But as far as just the team on field, I just don't think they're the same team they were as like that dominant. We're gonna come in and kick your ass, Buffalo Bills, that they were at the beginning of the year. 
I think that they try to, and by they, I mean Josh Allen almost specifically. And I, I think this is a good thing to be clear. I think they try to will that. They try to become that, right? Like they're, they're, they're trying to like force that mm-hmm. issue. It's like, it's like they're trying to win the Super Bowl on every play. Yeah. And you just can't do that. Um, to your point, they won that game by 12 points and they had two kickoff returns for touchdowns, yeah. right? Like, um, and, and that's, you might have that happen, right? You might have a pick six, you yeah. might have a scoop and score, right? Like that, anything can happen in an NFL game, but like, I'm kind of with you. I've talked about this before. Like nobody comes for the bills. Like, and, and look again, very well on record, love the bills, et cetera, et cetera. I picked the Bengals to win last week when we talked about it. Like I, I trust the Bengals as a football team more than the bills. Like, you know, for taking emotion out of it, just who they have been as football teams for the last month. Um, I'm I'm very anxious to see that. I do not want to see the Bills lose. I'm picking them. I'm not going to lay the points though. Um, I'm definitely nervous about it. Again, contingent on Tua playing. Um, that's a very interesting game to me. Sunday afternoon, everyone's coming for our Vikings, Pete. You and I are left alone. We're <laughs> we're, we're the only ones left on Viking Island. Um, the Minnesota Vikings are hosting the New York Football Giants. They are three point favorites, standard three point home spread. No respect given to the Vikings. Um, the Giants come in. They took the week off. The, the Vikings did not. They technically had something to play for against the Bears, as mentioned. They got it. Uh, well, they didn't get the help, but you get my point. I'm like, this is easy to me. This is the easiest pick. The Giants are not that good. The, like, couldn't you just see Justin Jefferson having like 230 yards and Kirk having like 310 overall and people being like, whatever, they beat the Giants. Like that well, would totally happen. This to me is two teams that are that are in different parts of their their their. I guess um, what would you say? Like as you're, you're taking steps toward what you're going to be, the Giants are still in the very early process of that. This this season's been a grand success for New York. Minnesota needs to win this game at home, and they're they're they are the better team. And I I, I agree with you. Like I don't know why Minnesota is so disrespected, especially after going 13 and four. I think they have the best skill position player in the league in Justin Jefferson. Sometimes Kirk stinks, and he'll have flat games and. Yeah, if that were to happen, sure, maybe the Giants might be in this game, but I just can't wrap my head around this Giants team with Daniel Jones going into to Minnesota and just knock knocking off the Vikings. And and yes, I I don't know why the Vikings are so disrespected. And this is one of the things that that are is an unpopular take that we both seem to agree with. Like I I think it's a no brainer that Minnesota advances here, and I of course lay the points. Right, they should beat the Giants by seven to somewhere in the realm of seven to fourteen points. Totally agree with you. By the way, Ian Rappaport just tweeted out that Arizona Cardinals GM Steve Keim is out. According to his sources, he is stepping down to focus on his health. So the Cardinals now fully hitting the reset button. That is official. They need a new head coach and a new general manager to work with Kyler Murray. Sometimes that's a better thing. I I don't love the lingering head coach or the lingering GM. I I think if you're going to do it, rip that Band-Aid off and get two guys that want to work in unison together. That seems to work the best in the NFL, in my opinion. Two more, Pete. The Bengals and Ravens will square off once again in the jungle. Second straight week. The Bengals six and a half point favorites in that game at the moment, according to our friends at DraftKings. It remains to be seen whether or not Lamar Jackson will play. That is the obvious X factor of all this. Yeah, Lamar Jackson needs to play for the Ravens to have an opportunity to win. If he doesn't, they're not going to win. That's the most obvious thing we've probably said on the podcast today. I I think that if he does play, it's a you know this is another division game that that is interesting where it becomes a little bit more coin flippy. So Jackson were to go, I, I'm sure the spread would come down a bit, but I'd, I'd be more apt to take the points. I still think the Bengals find a way here, right? Because they are the better team and they have the better quarterback. I think Joe Burrow is better than Lamar Jackson right now, especially if he'll be coming off of injury. Where I don't imagine if he were to play, he'd be 100. So I'll give the edge to the Bengals if Jackson plays. I'd probably take the points. 
finally, I uh, spoiled it a little while ago, as noted, the Dallas Cowboys will visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night football. Uh, well, it's, if it's in Boca Raton, the Buccaneers, absolutely. Uh, this game's on ESPN and ABC. I promise you, this will be one of the most viewed NFL games of all time. Like all <laughs> this will shatter like rating <clears throat> records. Like you have no idea what this game is going to do. The Dallas Cowboys at the moment are three point favorites on the road against Tom Brady and his Buccaneers in what could be if the Bucs lose Tom Brady's last game in Tampa Bay. So I did look this up as we were talking and I was not as confused as I thought because super wild card weekend, weekend, weekend used to have just Saturday and Sunday. And so there were three games on Saturday and three games on Sunday. So that, that was why I was confused. But last year, two on Saturday, three on Sunday. Oh, you're right. The, f- the first year it was three and three. But last year was the right. beginning of the Monday night game, which I actually like. Um, I don't like it from oh, a standpoint. Stupid. You're wrong. I don't like it from a standpoint of the rest thing. But I do like having a primetime Monday night game that you're looking forward to all Monday. Um, it's I like possible, the by the it's possible, like just quickly, if things go the way you and I have predicted as an example here, right, where the other two NFC winners would be San Francisco and Minnesota, if the, the winner of this game would travel to Philly so in, in the divisional round. So then you're talking about whoever wins this game has the shortest amount of rest possible coming off of a yeah. Monday night game, yeah. visiting visiting the team coming off of the longest amount of rest possible coming off of the first round by it's it's a stupid thing from a competitive standpoint i i don't like that um but cowboys fans some the ones that are not you know super panicked are quick to note that the los angeles rams did win the monday night wildcard game last year they of course went on to win the super bowl yeah i really um think that's unfair i i mean i you, you just laid it out really nicely um and so from a competitive standpoint whatever but this is the nfl and you know as we remind people all the time this is a business and when i say business the the s's have dollar signs um when i'm talking about it anyway so this is a, a money maker and it, you're right it's going to be really really a game that everybody tunes into and i'll take the bucks here at home uh that's probably going to be a hot take I, I know a lot of people will take the cowboys i just brady at home in the playoffs i i know and you know i didn't like i said i i kind of described why i didn't love the cowboys coming out of it of, of this game on on week 18 not that it mattered last year the other way so we'll see what happens but uh i'll go with the bucks here Mm, I think that is short-sighted. I think there's going to be so much. No, like, I mean, like the same way you and I are honest about the Vikings, there are a lot, a lot of people who are not going to be honest about Tom Brady. They're going to be like, oops, Tom Brady. Like, are we are we all going to sit here and, and say that Tom Brady's played remarkable football this season? Like, you know what I mean? Well, are, the, are, are we? Does anybody really believe that? I think he can turn it on and play some inspiring football. I Not that this matters as much to him as the final run with New England. But this is going to be his. I mean, it's potentially his last game as a Buck. Whenever, whenever, whenever the Bucks are done, even if they were to somehow go on a miracle run and win the Super Bowl, I do not. I do not think Tom Brady is going back to the Bucks. So we'll see if that that propels him to play a little bit better. The protection has to be better. The receivers have. To, I, I know that Mike Evans ended up leaving this this game yesterday with an illness. So you got to have your full lot of weapons. But you know, I, I think it's going to. What is it? A three point game? A three point at the moment? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, like that can go. That's a coin flip game, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take Brady over Prescott in that. Oh, it's a three point game with Dallas on the road. That's important to note. It's not a three point game the way the Vikings are at home. Are you taking you know my coin? Like, are you taking my coin and my coin flip and kicking it right now? Uh, a little bit. Um. So, um. <laughs> last thing. Uh. Last actual thing here. Um. Derek Clawson of Football Insiders tweeted: "The last man standing in Arizona is the gamer. Just something to think about." That is wild. Like, like that of the three, 
Kyler Murray is the one who had the clause about video games or whatever put into his contract, and he is the last one left. I, yeah, uh, Rachelle, I would not envy that. What? Why are you interrupting Rachelle? I would not. I just because I'm just saying I, that would not. If I was a hot candidate, I'm not uh, for a GM or coaching position. I don't want to go to Arizona right now. Sorry. There's no team. Like, do you want to go to Indianapolis or Carolina or like, like what is the spot that, that you're like, I can't wait. You know, if the Rams come available, like there's no spot. I mean, that's why like people we're sitting here like, Oh, Denver might not be that great. Denver might be one of the best. Like you, you don't have the draft capital, but like, who do you believe in Russ or, and what he is now or what Carolina has or what Indianapolis has. Like the hottest job is one that we haven't seen yet. Like, I think it's going to be one of these surprise jobs. Like we were talking about, whether that be New York or, um, you know, Tennessee, some of the, Tennessee. Yeah. Whatever the surprise job is, will be the best pick. Yeah. Rachel, I'm so sorry that Pete interrupted you when you were about I mean, to make I'm, I apologize to you. I just want to, yeah, let's get on the record um, that I apologize to you before we announce this here. Yeah, no problem. Um, so what were your takeaways? What are your thoughts? How are you feeling? Um, you told me what you had for dinner yesterday and it sounded wonderful. Just your overall thoughts. And of course, the MF double MVP. This is, an, this is a big one. This is the regular season finale. It is. Okay, takeaways. I have to start with the Texans. I mean, they did Losers. both David Tully and Lovey Smith. <laughs> dirty and so it sucks that you know they weren't given fair opportunities Mm -hmm. and the league just continues to do minority head coaches specifically black head coaches wrong so you gotta point out it's nothing new it sucks but they need to do better um my second takeaway was the commanders like i think they should have turned to maybe sam howell their rookie quarterback a little bit sooner like he looked really impressive in his rookie uh debut so that was my second takeaway um and then today's points you you guys both did really really strong i think that pete you'd had a really good point when you were talking about how like the Broncos, you can't mention them without mentioning like the Seahawks because it's intertwined. Also, I agree with Pete on the Cowboys. Like this is not a good way to go into the playoffs. Absolutely. I absolutely feel in some type of way if I was a Cowboys fan. Sorry, RJ. Um, but RJ, I did love your uh, points oh, on interested on what the Falcons are going to look like next season. I thought that was a really strong point. And I loved your point on Lovey Smith as well. And then just how oh, no. the Broncos have been working since they fired Nathaniel Hackett. So today I am going to give it to RJ. Yes. <laughs> we did it. I mean, love you, Rachel, but it's just so short-sighted and, and <laughs> distracted really. RJ was lifting his hands a lot. I know that he was feeling himself. He probably was a little tipsy. We also saw the beer that you're watching on the live stream. So, I don't, you know, there's some substances there. I don't know if he should be ruled out, but whatever. It, it feels so good for, for what is right to happen, Rachel. And so um, I applaud you for being an author of the truth um, and, and somebody who, um, who, who makes sure that the right people get the right things. Uh, so I want to thank you, Rachel. I want to thank Jay Spence. I want to thank his, uh, his Arizona Cardinal Santa hat that he had, that he was showing us. Um, I want to thank, um, I want to thank Patrick Mahomes, uh, cause he inspired me. He refused to lose and I refused to lose. Uh, Pete right. did lose to be clear. Pete did not refuse to lose. And so he, he lost. I was trying um, to refuse to lose, but, um, wow. Just uh, a really wonderful time, uh, around here. Um, and, uh, yeah, good for us. So Rachel, I would like you to please pick a food that Pete Sweeney has to tell us he really likes and why. A food. I'm going to go with seafood. I Do love seafood like... because you just <laughs> okay, there you go. You cook it all up, especially shrimps. 
right? Like they come from the store white, and you got to make sure they're they're pink and ready ready to ready to go. And I I love clams, and I love scallops, and I love lobster meat and crab meat and sushi. It's, do we consider sushi seafood? I mean, like you don't really think of it that way. Like if you go to like a seafood restaurant, they don't really generally have sushi. You go to like a sushi. There's bar. a TikTok going around right now, where a woman takes a a raw salmon on a bus and just starts just starts chomping down on the raw salmon in the in the in the train and and i you know it's becoming a trend so um michelle i hope you get some sushi soon assuming you like it if you don't then you know you're good get us out of here pete make any noise you want anything you want whatever comes to mind first More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.